So we're in the book of Acts, and uh, uh, we're calling it First Steps, Lesson from Acts. Today, First Missionaries, speaking of Hammer and Della, First Missionaries. And we're looking at Acts chapter 11, verse 19 through chapter 13, verse 3. If you want to turn over to that. Now, Stony Brook has been blessed through the years to be a part of several missionary ministries throughout the world. Uh, one of them, as I said, will be here Wednesday night, Hammer and Dela, what she said, uh, from Togo, uh, West Africa. Uh, we look forward to, to seeing them and hearing what's going on in their ministry. Um, on August the 17th, which will be about a month from now, a little less than a month from now, on, the, on another Wednesday night, we look forward to having Jeremiah, the picture of him, him and his family. They're, I'm sure his kids are bigger than that now, but um, uh, they're, they're going to be here. They're currently serving in France right now, and we look forward to hearing how the Lord's using them there. Jeremiah had previously served in Cameroon, West Africa. Um, uh, when the doors were shut there because of the turmoil and the war that was going on, the Civil War, God led them to France, uh, which is a very different culture from West Africa, as you can imagine. Uh, it's a Western culture. Uh, and so, that's, uh, that's, so it'll be interesting to see you know, how things are going there and, and the difference between uh, a Western cult being a missionary for a Western culture and a, an African culture. Um, Ata and Jessica... Um, Osbrey, O-S-E-B-R-E-A-H, um, uh, who continued to serve in Ghana. They, they have always served there um, in West Africa. Uh, they're going to also be in the States uh, um, soon, uh, in, I think starting in August. And they have seven children, seven children. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking today about, uh, we, we've decided to, to lend them our van for about three months, and we're going to be talking about other issues with the van, but uh, a little after the church, the board is, but uh, we have at least decided to let them use our van. So, so uh, Matt, we'll, we'll have other vehicles go pick you up, you and Leon. Uh, it won't be the van for three months. So they're going to be traveling all, I think, even out to Montana to visit some, some friends and ministries out there. Uh, so we, we, and hopefully while they're around in Wilson area, they'll come by and let us know what's going on with them. Uh, in India, there's Benoit and Rebecca Thomas. That's their family. Um, I don't know how current that is, but that's, they, they've got what, one, two, three, four, five children. Um, they serve now in India uh, and have been there for several years. They've sharing the gospel. They have a school there. They've established a school and, and planting churches. We've had them here not too long ago, uh, letting us know what's going on with them. And of course, there's um, Jessica, Rebecca, and Jeremiah's parents, Jeff and Sherry Hostetter, um, who are still serving in Ghana, uh, and they've been there for over 30 years. Uh, they've been running the play, as I'm calling it, uh, for, that, for all that time, making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them the lessons of Jesus. Um, uh, you know, thousands more will be in heaven because of the ministry of just that one hostator family. Uh, and it's, uh, it's awesome to think about uh, the contribution that missionaries can make uh, uh, throughout the world. And uh, as I think Steve mentioned in Sunday school, most of the hostator family will all be in the States just this, the end of this summer and the fall. 
Uh, so, so we might get to see all of them. Well, not the Thomases. They won't be here, but, but the others will. So we look forward to seeing them. Now, not all of our mission support goes overseas. Uh, last week, uh, and when I say support, I mean our, our financial support that we send uh, each month. Uh, we were glad to have Dean Owens, as, as uh, Daryl mentioned in our communion meditation. We were glad to have him with us last week. He gave a report uh, of, of what's going on at UNC Chapel Hill. He's the campus minister there with Campus Christian Fellowship. He's been there, I think he said 19 years, 18 or 19 years. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a foreign country, but uh, a college campus can be like a foreign country, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the fact that people need the truth, because uh, as Daryl pointed out, uh, in their classes, sometimes they're not getting the truth. They're getting false truth. Uh, Dean uh, shared, as again, Daryl pointed out, the, the renowned professor with the PhD, uh, you know, known for his expertise in the gospel, but he doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So uh, those, that's, that's what kids are hearing when they go to his class. And so CCF is doing a good job of at least providing a place where kids can find truth. And when I say kids, I mean college students. Um, they can find the truth of God's Word and, and the love of God uh, through CCF. And not all of our missionaries are Stony Brook outsiders. Uh, you know, Stony Brook has, has sent a lot of people to the mission field. Uh, we, we, we've sent uh, two teams uh, over there to Ghana and Togo uh, in the past, back in the, the 2000s. Um, I was a privilege to go on one of those. Steve Haggerty organized a couple of teams. Uh, Karen Caputo, the, the Groveses, uh, Jim and Ann went. Uh, um, who else from the Stony Brook went? Was that, just, was that it? Beth Ann. Uh, Beth Ann went. Uh, Ann uh, Groves's daughter. Um, and... Um, Karen went by herself one year to Ghana uh, for a short trip. Uh, Steve went to Uganda by himself one time a few years ago. And of course, Beth Ann Maudlin Sarpong, uh, which is Ann Groves' um, uh, daughter, she went with us on a short trip, but then she went back and stayed for several, uh, I don't know, a couple of years yeah, um, in, in Ghana to help teach in the school uh, there for a while. And she even found a husband while she was there. Uh, and they live, I think, in North Dakota now. <clears throat> but um, Crystal Strauderman Fry, who is the daughter of, uh, of Donna Strauderman and the daughter-in-law of Mike and Gloria back there, um, uh, she, uh, I believe she spent some time in Thailand, uh, maybe Indonesia too, but uh, uh, she spent a, a good amount of time there. Uh, on the mission field. <clears throat> Brian Harris, uh, one of our own young men here, uh, spent some time in Ghana uh, and in Cameroon. Today he is a, an air, a chaplain in the United States Air Force, serving in California right now, I think. But uh, before that, he spent some time uh, as a missionary. Erin and Jessica Haggerty went to Cameroon and, and served there for, what, a couple of weeks? Three weeks? Uh, in Cameroon with, while, while Brian was there working with Jeremiah uh, and his family, Jeremiah Hostetter. Last week, the Boykins just uh, spent nine days uh, at, uh, in Belize in Central America. 
uh, and they, had, they went there last year for the same period, and uh, um, I think uh, uh, Will and Christy had been at a third time, and then Will's been total four times to Belize to serve on short missions trips over there, sharing the gospel, working in vacation Bible school, working in medical missions. Um, now, some of you know Ben George, who attends here sometimes and come out to a couple of work days. Uh, you know, he was, you might remember, he was raised in Peru. His parents, which are on the screen there, uh, Alan and, and Mary Beth George, uh, are missionaries in Peru. Um, and uh, just ask you to keep uh, Alan in your prayers. He's had some heart issues, had a heart procedure. I think he had an ablation, like a couple of you guys have had recently. Uh, so George, uh, I mean, uh, Ben has asked us to keep Alan in our prayers. Um, Stony Brook gives 10%, I believe, of our missions, uh, or our tithes and offerings to missions each month to our overseas missions like the Hostetters and uh, in Ghana and France. Uh, we give to uh, the uh, stateside missions, Campus Christian Fellowship each month. We also give uh, to Mid-Atlantic Christian University in Elizabeth City, uh, a school that has trained most of our overseas and stateside ministers and missionaries, uh, went to school there. Um, and they continue to train and send out uh, ministers and missionaries uh, throughout the world there in Elizabeth City, so we support them as well. Now, now while missionaries to people beyond the home front have always existed in the body of Christ. You know what? There was a first one. There was a first missionary. You know, God never meant for the gospel to be a one-location ministry. He never meant for the church to exist only in Jerusalem, where it began. Remember, when Jesus handed the mission off, his mission off to the 12 disciples, when he gave them the play... Uh, make disciples, baptize them, teach them the lessons that I taught you. Remember where he told them to run the play. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Run the play in all nations, he said. You know, God doesn't want us to just stay home to stay in our own hometown, uh, our, our, our own home state, or even our own home country, you know, where things are comfortable, uh, and we, we speak the same language, and, and only share the gospel there. God never meant for it to be that way. God wants the whole world to know that Jesus is his son, and Jesus is their savior, and they can be saved through him. Remember what he told the 12 just before he went to be with his father in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The church was, was not meant uh, to remain in Jerusalem like the temple was. And for the Jews, that was the center of their religion, of their relationship with God. If they wanted to find God, his presence, they had to go to Jerusalem because that's where the presence of God was found in the Holy of Holies in, in the temple. Um, but the church was never meant to, to be that, to remain in one place. The church was to spread out throughout the world to all people, 
Jew, Gentile, every nation, every race, every ethnic group, all human beings. Jesus was for everyone. That was the mission handed off to the 12 and those who followed them, including you and me today. It, it took a while in the beginning for things to, to settle down and, and to get up and running, you know, as it does for any kind of new uh, um, endeavor, um, as we've seen so far in our study of the book of Acts. The gospel was first offered to just the Jews. Uh, by design, God's chosen nation was the first ones to have a chance to hear about Jesus. Uh, starting on that very first day of the church, there in Acts chapter 2. And on that day and, and the days that followed, thousands of Jews chose to become disciples of Jesus. They were baptized. They were being taught the lessons of Jesus. As we've seen, the, the gospel was, we haven't had a message about it, but we see in Acts chapter 8 that uh, the gospel was then offered to the Samaritans. Uh, Samaritans were sort of half-breed. They were half-Jew, but half-Gentile. Um, and, uh, and there in chapter 8, we see Philip go into Samaria, which is a place that most Jews wouldn't go. And he shared the gospel with the Samaritans there with a man named Simon. Um, and then the gospel was offered to the Gentiles. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, the uh, in Acts chapter 10, we see the, that vision that Peter received of the sheep coming down with all the unclean animals, and God said, kill them and eat them. And, uh, and, and the, the message to Peter was, um, you know, what God has made clean is now clean. And so uh, he was telling Peter and, and told him, go, go see this man, Cornelius. <clears throat> He's a Gentile. He's a Roman soldier. And go offer him... Uh, the, the, an opportunity to make Jesus his Savior. Uh, so, so now when that happened, when, when Jesus was offered to, officially offered to the Gentiles, all people had been given the chance to know Jesus. Jew, Gentile, everyone. Um, but for the most part there at the beginning, the gospel was only being taught in and around Jerusalem at first. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, or the Palestine area. Um, but once the young church had gotten its feet on the ground, once it had, had uh, established its foundation uh, in Jesus and the teachings of the apostles, and they sort of had it, had it under, uh, in, in the way that God wanted them to have it, now it's time to, to take the next step. Um, when in our passage that we just read from Acts 1, verse 8, what, what came after Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria? And now, the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. Now it's time to leave the home front and begin telling the world about Jesus. You know, we often think of the first missionaries, you know, the first missionaries to venture outside of Palestine as who? Paul and Barnabas, Right? And we'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, and they were the first missionaries that were sent out by the Holy Spirit and by the, the church. Um, but you know what? I, and I didn't really realize this. They were not the first missionaries to share the gospel outside of Palestine. Um, 
The first recorded missionaries to Gentiles outside of Palestine can be found in Acts chapter 11, verse 9 through 21. Let's read that. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to, the, turned to the Lord. Now, you may remember back in uh, chapter 8, uh, immediately after the stoning of Stephen, he was the first martyr we talked about. Uh, when that happened, right after Stephen was stoned and killed, um, the Jews bega- uh, began a great persecution against the Christians. Uh, and as a result, because of that, many Christians who, who had been in Jerusalem, uh, many of them maybe since the church started, they just hung around there and stayed there, uh, they scattered. <laughs> they scattered throughout um, the, uh, the land. They, they likely went back home to the various places where they lived, like Samaria. If we can see the map here, I forgot to grab my pointer. Um, but Samaria is down you see Samaria there. Uh, so they were in Jerusalem. They went to Samaria. Um, uh, they, uh, they also went outside of, and, uh, of and Judea, which is just kind of the province there. They also went in other places like up in Syria and Antioch up here. They, they went in, back home to Europe or, or North Africa, wherever they might have been from, to get away from, uh, you know, the, the possibility that they could be arrested and executed like Stephen. So a lot of them just decided, you know, let's just go home. This is a good time to go home <laughs> during this persecution. Um, some of them stayed in the Palestine area, but others went beyond the Palestine area. Um, uh, these were Jews that had accepted Jesus and in the very beginning at some time, and uh, they went to the places where they had come from, and they were excited to tell people about what they learned about this Jesus, their Savior, uh, when they went home. Um, now, when they went home, a lot of them did what was comfortable, you know, like we do. Uh, they did what was comfortable. They only shared Jesus with their fellow Jews. Um, now, even though Peter and the church in Jerusalem would soon officially recognize that Jesus was for everyone. That wouldn't happen until later in chapter 10, um, um, including Gentiles, that everyone was, was accepted into the church. This had not happened yet when the scattering took place. And so many of the Jews, because that's the way they were raised, you only associated with fellow Jews, you didn't associate with Gentiles, did just that. They only shared Jesus with their fellow Jews, which was a good thing uh, that they at least did that. Um, but this is kind of interesting to, to note what, what also happened here. Some of them, some of them that scattered throughout the world uh, began sharing Jesus with Gentiles. And this was even before Peter had received his vision 
from God telling Christians, Jews, to accept everybody. Uh, so some of them ventured out and did. They were so excited about Jesus, they, they did tell some Gentiles, some or Greeks as they're called here. Uh, men from Cyprus, which is an island here, uh, and Cyrene, which is in northern um, uh, Africa, uh, for some reason decided that, that they would go to Antioch in Syria, which is up here. Antioch in Syria. Jackie and I actually went there when we were stationed over in Turkey. Went to a marriage retreat there. I got some pictures of us in what was uh, traditionally known as um, the, uh, the, it's called Peter's Grotto. It was it's traditionally the place where those first Christians met. The first Christians were first called Christian in Antioch and that that's now a part of Turkey. Uh, so we, we were able to go in to the, what is called the, the, the place where those first Christians met. But these men from Cyrene and Cyprus went to Antioch, uh, and, and they began to tell some Greeks, Gentiles, the good news about Jesus. Uh, and, and it says that they, 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 they told him about the Lord Jesus, which is kind of interesting. They didn't call him Christ or Messiah. You know, if you said, if you mentioned a Christ or Messiah to a Gentile, they'd have no idea what you're talking about because they didn't, they, they, they had no clue about Messiahs, but they did understand what a Lord was. And so uh, they were, they, they refer to him as Lord Jesus. And, and even though this had not officially been sanctioned yet, Again, the official acceptance of Gentiles took place when Cornelius, the Roman centurion that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was given the Holy Spirit, again there in chapter 10, and he was given the Holy Spirit in the very same way that the apostles received the Holy Spirit on the first day of the church in Acts chapter 2. Uh, even though this wasn't the official uh, the church practice yet of sharing the gospel with Gentiles, these Christians that had gone to Antioch decided that they would do that, and they shared Jesus with Gentiles anyway. And here's the cool part. Verse 21 says, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Great. We assume Gentiles were among them. Now, were these Gentiles saved at that time? Uh, did they receive the Holy Spirit? Um, well, you know, it doesn't really go into details about that there. Uh, and I don't know, perhaps their salvation was not complete until God officially welcomed Cornelius. Uh, maybe it was complete. Um, you know, maybe Cornelius' conversion was like the grand opening to Gentiles. And these Gentiles in Antioch were like a soft opening <laughs> to Gentiles. Um, but either way, God was okay. God was okay. Uh, with these guys sharing Jesus with the Gentiles at this time. And, and so this was the first recorded instance of someone leaving the home front and sharing Jesus with people in a foreign land. These guys were, that did this were not sent out by the Holy Spirit officially uh, or by a congregation or a church. Yet, it was their passion for Jesus that compelled them to do it anyway. 
And so what does that tell us? What does that tell us? It tells us, you know what? We don't have to be sent out to be a missionary for Jesus. You know, our passion for Jesus and our passion for the eternity of others should compel us all to talk to people about their Savior, about the Savior that saved us and the Savior that can save them as well. You know, missionaries don't have to be ordained, college-trained, hands laid upon by the elders who have felt the calling from the Holy Spirit to go to some foreign land where they speak a different language so that they can share Jesus with people. That, that a missionary doesn't have to fit in that category. You know, every follower of Jesus should be a missionary in the sense that we want to see people that we encounter in our lives find Jesus and find salvation through him. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the first sent out missionaries in just a minute. But one, one of the things that, that we see when we observe missionaries, like the Hostetters and like the Thomases and, and Hammer and Dilla, uh, that'll be here uh, Wednesday, um, is, is that one way they reach people in the places where they are uh, is by developing relationships with the people there that they live among. You know, they don't just go out and just preach, right? Everybody just listen to what I got to say. They do that, but they don't just preach to people. Uh, they get to know them. Uh, they offer them help with food and with medical, uh, to help with medical needs. They offer education for their children. Uh, they demonstrate the love of God to them by developing relationships, developing friendships with the people, people that they're among. You know, and it's the same with people that you and I encounter uh, in our lives. Developing intentional relationships, intentional friendships with people that we plan that when the time is right, we're going to talk to them about our Savior and how He can be their Savior too. You know, a sent-out missionary, uh, the, their efforts to reach people is intentional, right? We're going to France with the intent of sharing Jesus with the lost. That's why they go. It's intentional. You know, and ours should be also intentional. You know, I'm going to seek a friendship with my coworker. I'm going to I'm going to develop a real friendship with my coworker with the intention, the purpose that I want to eventually, when the time's right, share Jesus with them. Yeah, I, I'm going to get to know my next door neighbor or my neighbor across the street or the guy that works out with me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at, down at the gym. Um, uh, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to get to know them and become friends with them. I'm going to talk with them and, and seek a friendship with them so that as we get to know each other, when the time is right, I can share my faith with them. I can share Jesus with them and how they can know Jesus too in, in their lives. You know, being a missionary is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. We don't have to have a degree to be one. 
but it is an intentional effort on our part. Even thought out and planned. Thought out and planned. How many of us do that with people that we have relationships with? Um, we've just got to decide. I'm going to be a missionary at my workplace. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a missionary with, with, in my neighborhood or at the gym with the people that I encounter there. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to the gym to work out so I can be more healthy and stronger um, uh, and, and buffed up. That, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to accomplish that while I'm at the gym. But I'm also going to try to reach that guy that I end up talking to every time I go. That's also going to be an intention of mine when I go to the gym. You know, we can all be missionaries, all of us. But some are called and some are sent specifically to leave the home front and go to a place where people need the gospel. Um, and, and sometimes, that, and usually that's what we think about when we think about a missionary. Someone who's called and sent out, leaving the home front to go somewhere else. And the first called missionaries are found in Acts chapter 13. Let's read about that. Actually, the very end of 12, verse 25. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they had been on a mission to, I think, take some money or something uh, somewhere. And uh, <clears throat> when they had finished that, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now, in the church <clears throat> at Antioch, and again, that's from that map we were looking at earlier, uh, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. <clears throat> so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now here, the Holy Spirit specifically called or said, um, and we don't know if it's verbally or it's just everybody just understood it. Set apart two guys, Barnabas and Saul. And then the church, the prophets and the teachers, the leaders there, laid their hands on them and prayed, setting them apart for this specific work, and then sent them off. Sent them off on a mission trip. You know, while most followers of Jesus spend their lives following him close to home, that's generally where all of us are, where we kind of stay close to home uh, in our service to the Lord. Uh, and we, we serve him at our workplaces, we serve him in our communities, uh, we serve him at our local congregation. Um, throughout church history, God has called some to leave the home front and to go, to go somewhere else to go to a different country, a different state, a different city sometimes, to, to go there to follow and to serve and to share Jesus. Sometimes uh, God calls us to do that just for a short trip, like uh, the Boykins recently and Karen and, and those teams that sent from here, that went from here, just a couple of weeks maybe. Um, that's, that's a great experience. If you ever get a chance to do that, even if it's just for a couple of weeks, it can change the way you, you look at the world and the gospel. And, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience. I recommend 
that you take advantage of, of any chance to do that. Um, sometimes people are called and sent away for uh, a few years, maybe, like Brian Harris when he went to Ghana and Togo. Beth Ann Sorpon when she was in Ghana for a, a, a couple of years. Some people are called and sent for the rest of their lives, like the Hostetters, like Linda Joyner, who uh, uh, still serves in Indonesia, uh, like Ben George's parents in Peru, who have dedicated their lives for the rest of their lives to serve in Peru. Um, God has always called some to leave the home front, sometimes for the rest of their lives, to serve and to share Jesus. And the first one called, the first ones called were Barnabas and Saul. Uh, Saul would later be called Paul. He became the Apostle Paul. It's interesting, as we see here on, in this instance, it's Barnabas and Saul. Later it would be Paul and Barnabas. So the, the leadership role kind of switched a little later uh, when Paul became the dominant person. Uh, Barnabas and Saul would leave their homes and they would, they would travel uh, for this first missionary journey that they went on to, to Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, uh, that was called Asia Minor in those days, to Cyprus, the island of Cyprus. Paul, with other team leaders like Silas uh, and Mark, would eventually venture into Europe, into what is known today as modern Greece, Macedonia. Uh, and the gospel was shared for the first time by a sent-out missionary to Europe by the Apostle Paul. And on these journeys, they would stay in some locations for a month, for a few months, or sometimes a, a few years. Um, and there, when they were at these different locations, they would develop relationships with the people there. They would establish churches in the area. They would de develop leaders like elders uh, and evangelists there in those local, in that, those local uh, communities. Um, and by their efforts, the church grew it multiplied, growing from just a movement in and around Jerusalem to a movement across continents by their efforts. You know, it's always exciting to, to read the stories in the book of Acts of, of the work of those who went out, who were sent out to be missionaries, like Paul, Barnabas, Silas, Mark, Luke, uh, Timothy, uh, and others that, that did, they answered the call of God to go to leave their home front and to go to serve and to share Jesus. They experienced acceptance and rejection during those times. They experienced hospitality and cold shoulders. Uh, they experienced love and hatred, uh, even threats to their lives sometimes. But in the end, in the end, they experienced the wonder of seeing people saved uh, for eternity. They experienced the wonder of establishing churches, congregations, wherever they went. Uh, followers of Jesus who would run the play even after they left and went somewhere else and continued the mission of the church there, wherever they, they were located. You know, and in a real sense, if you think about it, Stony Brook is a result of their efforts, uh, and those who came after them, taking the message of Jesus to the West. If they had just stayed in Jerusalem, you know, we, we wouldn't 
be where we are today, perhaps. And so aren't we thankful that, uh, that the gospel didn't just stay in Jerusalem, but it, it went all over the world? You know, God may not call you to go to Brazil. He might. He might. But he may, probably won't call you to go to Brazil. Uh, but, you know, he does call us all, all of us, to be missionaries where we are. Where we are. And so let's be intentional about it. Wherever you go, think about not, I'm just going to the store to buy something, but also to, to encounter people. I'm going to work today, to, and I'm going to encounter people. I'm not just going to do my job, but I'm going to think about what are some ways that I could share the love of Christ and the gospel of Christ with the people that I encounter wherever I go, especially in the times where we can develop relationships with people. Um, they can get to know us, they can get to trust us, and, they, and then we can share the gospel with them. Um, and, and as we serve him here at the home front, where most of us are going to stay, right here, right here, there are many people around, all of us, who don't know Jesus as their Savior. So let's all decide to be missionaries and take the message of Jesus to those who need him. Father, I thank you for um, the, the commission you've given all of us. You've given some the commission, Lord, to, to pack their bags and their families and, and go to foreign lands. Uh, and we're so thankful for those people and, and uh, for the work that they do. We stand in awe of them many times. Um, maybe you've called some of us to, go on, to get some, a taste of what it's like to go on a short missions trip sometimes. But most of us, Lord, uh, we just stay right here at home. And sometimes we get complacent and we just get comfortable and we just kind of just spin around with our, with our faith, with our fellow Christians, and we forget that people are lost around us. And so help us uh, to, to do what you want us to do, to, to, to be missionaries where we are. And Lord, help us to understand we've all got to be intentional about it. We, we can't just let it happen by accident. Help us to think about it and make plans about it and, and, t and focus on certain people that we know that we're friends with that don't know Jesus. Uh, just give us the passion that those first missionaries who went to Antioch had, even though they hadn't gotten the green light yet to share it with Gentiles. They did it anyway because they thought knowing Jesus was so great. So help us have that same passion today with people that we know who need Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.